Psalm one verse there. There are three other verses almost identical to this one. Two of them are found in the 57th Psalm that I want us to read together. And I want to ask you to turn to the fourth one. You, you will see that in all three that we read. Or maybe two of them. If you really believed what you were saying by way of a tune, how could you not love such a Redeemer? I know we live in a society where we think God owes us that. We're so important. But that's that's the farthest thing from the truth. God does not owe grace and mercy. He does not. He bestows that because He loves the people. There are angels in hell... Because of one sin and one only. You need to find Him, your soul, and seek Him. Psalm 21, would you bow with me though before we? Before we read, Holy Father, the task before us, it is an impossible one. To speak about Expound, try to take it as it is and see what your servant David's talking about here. It is one that we know so little about in our day. But thou art still the same God that David is writing about David called upon thy years have not failed thee you've changed not therefore Father would you bring us into somewhat at least a desire to find out what this means 
I pray you'll help these dear souls. In hearing, in understanding, in receiving, and being diligent as they would be if you, Lord Jesus, stood in our midst for really Truthfully, you do bring us into an awareness of that and do help in the proclamation of thy truth for thy glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 21st Psalm, 13th verse. And I want to speak to you on the first four words. Be thou exalted, Lord. As I mentioned to the Lord, and I will to you now, this is very difficult. I don't know how I tried to get some organization, some systematic approach to it. I still don't have it. But hopefully the Lord will give help. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. Now one thing that I know for certain is that the Lord is far above the highest of His creations. And that's the angels, seraphims, cherubims. Far above all them, so vast beyond we could not measure and yet to them he is an exalted Lord so magnificent so glorious and yet so holy that they would veil their faces encircling the throne of God to them he is exalted be exalted in thine own strength. David's asking for that which God is in that elevated place far above even the humans for him to become that in David's heart. And, of course, the only way that that can ever be is by God's own strength. You can't climb that high. You can't think that high. You can't get there. No human being could. 
And as high as David got at times in some of these psalms and just his writing and singing, he knew the only way that the Lord will be exalted in me is by his own strength. Now here's what David said will follow. So will we sing and praise thy power an exalted Lord is one that is in a higher place than he's been in a long time in our land he hasn't changed his power is still the same But we don't recognize it. Don't think that this came upon us overnight. And I say the last hundred years, I can go back, I can go back the last hundred, sixty to seventy-five years. Downgrade controversy for Spurgeon withdrew from the Baptist Union there because of their departure in many ways from from the scripture it goes back a long time and it started a little later here in the United States we just got a different God we formed another Lord other than the one as declared in Holy Scripture And he's not been exalted in quite some time. David said, Lord, if you'll do that for me, if you'll do that for your children, we will sing and praise thy power. You can't from your heart sing that that you do not know. One of the old favorite hymns of the church for a long time has been that of Amazing Grace, How Sweet Thy Sound, that saved a wretch like me. I was was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieve. There's not an angel in heaven as high as their intellect might be. I know that it is much higher than that of man, especially fallen man, but they can't sing amazing grace not to know what it means in their inner being. Now I'm sure as many times as they have frequented the worship of God in God's house over the over the centuries, I'm sure that they know it well. Could quote it well. But they don't know it like a redeemed sinner. 
They could say the words, but if you know anything of saving grace, you know more than they in that aspect. Now Psalm 57. Here again David. The language is changed, a word or two is changed here. But for the most part it's, it's almost the same. Psalm 57 Verse number Verse number 5 Be thou exalted, O God How far, how far, David Above the heavens Let thy glory be above all the earth. Again, I tell you that that already is. God is above the heavens. The heavens are in the very being of God. That is. His glory is far above all the earth. But many have no heart to find out anything about the exalted God and the glory issuing forth from that Lord. I just don't see it. They don't care to see it. They're satisfied where they are. When David asked God for these things, he's asking for that. Like the sun coming out in its full strength, shining so brightly as if there are no stars up there. That light is so great. They are at such a distance from the earth that all you see up there is the glory of the bridegroom coming out of his chamber. Now, folks, what would it be for God to you to be exalted, that is, lofty, are higher than anything you know. What would it be, not only in you as an individual, but for that to be, once again, in His church? And His church be made aware of His glory. Not the fullness, we could not handle that. But just a degree of it, more than what we know, what would it be? The very little sense that I have from time to time in the, in the silence of my own locked doors, closed doors, that shuts my mouth. It overcomes everything about me. And for a moment or two, and it seems like only a moment, 
But for that, that brief period of time, ever how long it lasts, I don't know. It silences everything in my head. There's nothing. Nothing to do for the day. Nothing uh, planned for the day. Nothing, nobody. It's just all a holy silence. And I know so little about that. But the one thing I desire is when I depart you, whether in passing through this this life or when I cannot any longer go, I would like to have said in my last years with you to have said this God before you in the highest possible sense. And that God being that high and that exalted in your mind and in your heart, it has begun to destroy your ideas of who God is. It has begun to destroy your images that you've painted up there. It's just natural to do that. This is who God is. This is how God acts. Some of that may be right, but there's a possibility that a great majority of your thinking is little more than an image that you've made of God. I would like to have set God so high in your desire to think correctly that it would destroy all your idols. And there would be in you a hunger and a thirst to find out about this God I've been trying to set before you. Now, I've got a greater interest now in things created than ever before. Lane was Wednesday night after the service was was telling me about, or telling everybody and those around about the little bugs, lightning bugs. Now he's he's just naturally got a curiosity about the world he's in. Now I have got a curiosity about the world I'm in not so much in discovering new things or more things, but in finding out more about the God that has created all these things. There's a little wren that built her nest over the over the light fixture on the outside of the front there. I mean it's it's so, I'll use the word wisely constructed, out of moss and, and, and clay, and then lined with soft material. 
And the, she would come and she would, she would sit on those evidently too. For that's all the little birds that are there. Two. Until they hatched. And I've watched her day in and day out. Just stepping there to the window for something. I've watched her with a great deal of labor bring food to those two little birds. And then this morning, for the first time, standing there, she did not, she did not in their beaks spit up that which she had had digested or chewed up for them. She dropped a bug in their nest, and they went to work on it. They won't be there much longer because they, 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 they've moved out to the ledge a lot of times and they, they sit there flapping their little wings, getting strength but getting bored of where they are and they're ready to fly. Now you think that that just happens? Do you think that there is not a lesson in that for me? And for you as a parent, your children cannot digest what I'm saying. They can't get there. You can help them in breaking it down to their understanding, for you know where they are. But now listen, she labors to feed them. And they sit there. With their mouths open. Constantly. It won't be, it won't be but a short period of time after they've eaten till they both open wide their mouths again. Do you think that's not a lesson for me? That I can go through life without a hunger for God? That I can go for a long period of time without my beak being open for God to drop some morsel in there that might help me in the day or in the night. Sure, it evidences the work of God. And I know their hunger. Not for natural food, I know their thirst, because that's in me for spiritual things. And if I could set God, the true God before you, that it might create in you, I can't do it, but by His grace, taking the messages and, and creating in you a hunger and a thirst for the God here that is so far above the God of this day and possibly your God. Jeremiah, go out and pluck down, destroy 
and plant and build. God's got to destroy our idols before he begins establishing himself. I don't know if the God you serve is some idol that you've manufactured by your own mental thinking. I don't know. But I know if you're a child of God, he'll destroy that. And one day, he will begin establishing in your soul his true identity. And then soon thereafter, there will be that little cry for you as the chirping of that little bird. Let me see thy glory. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. And I look out and I see the sun by day and the stars and moon by night. Let me look far beyond all that. Let me see you, Almighty God, exalted far above the heavens that declare thy glory. And let thy glory be above all the earth. Just let me get there. Do you want to get there, dear one? Or have you settled down to a place where you're satisfied? <coughs> Contentment with godliness is great gain. But contentment in spiritual things is a curse where you settled down settled down and became content that's where you lost God you got to move into the day that you're in with a new hunger for heaven's manna and a new thirst. You want to get there? Would you like? Would you like to have him at such a high place in a right mind and a pure heart? Love him that his exaltation becomes preeminent in your living above all things. It's right to enjoy life, take time off from labor, rest your mind, rest your body, it's right. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about a God so established in your heart and mind that even any and all things here become secondary. He becomes your all in all and becomes a most precious and glorious redeemer and the bright and morning star of your life and the sun that, that shines so brightly that it fades out all other things and that he becomes your bare life.
Now to get to this frame, be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. To get to this frame and disposition of heart, you've got to find out where you are. And you can't find out where you are except by the Spirit of God. You've got to have a beginning point to get to an ending point. And nobody ever gets to this place or this God except they honestly, truly find out where they are. If you want to go to a certain place, you've got to have a beginning point. And you say, that's so dumb and simple that it's not worth your time to state it. Well, if you want to get to the God that I'm talking about, you've got to begin, you've got to have a starting place, a starting point. I mean, if I want to go, if I want to go south or north to a designated place, then I've got to begin where I am. That means for you to get to this, where your heart's cry reaches something close, at least striving to get close to David's prayer and desire, you've got to know where you are. You've got to have a beginning place. And you know what most want to do today? They, they want to begin on the middle rung of a 50-foot ladder. Well, I'm a decent, moral person. Yes, you are. I've never committed any great sins. For as I know, you haven't. But there are going to be a lot of decent, moral folks in hell. And if you ever lose the workings of the Spirit of God. In a land or in a church, then man begins to bring God down to a level he's comfortable with. I don't want to be guilty of making God less, but I'd like to make God more to you than what you know Him to be. I'd like for you to understand more, see clearer. Certainly not be guilty of making God less to you than that that he is. The children to get to such heights as David, then everything here 
Well, you need a good starting point. And the starting point is an empty mind. Now, meditation does not begin with an empty mind. There's got to be a thought there that you begin to try to meditate upon, to unravel, to see what it's saying. But you've got to make sure that your meditation begins with the right thought. And does not originate in your own thinking. So all that's wrong in you has got to be destroyed. And all strongholds of your fallen nature, and all of us have those, must begin to lose their strength. You want a heart like this, be thou exalted, O God, O Lord. You want that, I mean less and less and less of you. And you'll be, you will become more demanding of yourself than you are of others. That is in your temper. That is in your words. That is in your actions. You won't demand of somebody else that which you do not demand of yourself. That means for me to begin at least on the bottom rung of the ladder to climb to a height where my heart's cry is, Be thou exalted, I begin to die. If we could take the blood pressure and the temperature not of the harlot church, but of the true church, it'd be critically low. Practical, that is real, active, effective, Christian living. Practical, as to the life of, of a believer is all but gone. There's no practicality about our, about our living. We come, we sit on the pew, we hear, we forget, we go on as though we learned or captured nothing in our head. Be thou exalted. Me telling you that. A good friend way up in the southern states called and she'll get this later on and her daughter will get this later on but she called a couple of weeks back telling about some of the messages and her daughter who listens to all of them
and not meaning this in a critical sense, she said, I don't understand how those folk can sit time after time after time on the Barrett Holloway. Now when I said that, that might come across as harsh. I don't mean it like that. But I just mean we got to get further than where we are. And we got to take more seriously anything that God might have to say to us, lest we lose His voice. When there's silence of God, corruption begins to abound. And I am fully persuaded that our land, which it grieves me much that we're here, is in such a downward spiral that it will never be reclaimed. Be thou exalted. Folks, the majority of people in this land that call themselves Christians and that act like Christians, they won't come within a hundred miles of such thinking. It's not about God, it's about me. If God gives me a nice dwelling after death in bliss and joy. That's all I need of him. Well, I might, I might need him to help me, to help me pay my bill. No, I don't need him there because I can work. Well, I might need him to help with the children when they're sick. No, I don't, I don't really need him there. I've got, I've got good doctors to look after. So all I need of God is just let me depart in peace and give me a home in glory. I'll take care of everything else. It is a proper diet that is preparing you for the presence of God. Let me drop the word proper. It is your diet that is preparing you for the presence of God. And you eat the wrong things. Have the wrong activities. Fool around with the wrong crowds. Oh, you, you call all your friends Christians because they say they are. But you never hear them talk about Christ. You never hear anything spiritual about, about them. Folk, you're being fitted. For eternity and the 
crowd that you enjoy being around is the crowd that you're going to spend eternity with. Had you rather be with the Lord's people or with unchurched, non-church goers? Had you, which crowd you'd rather be around? Where are you more comfortable? Oh, sure, they claim to be Christians. But their actions say they're not. Their words say they're lying about their profession. The Lord Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And preachers use that verse all the time when they get up to do funerals. Well, Christ didn't return back to glory to begin a building project. Fix you a place for you to dwell in. He was headed to the cross after that statement. And on the cross, and by the cross, and through the cross, He said, I'm going to fix you a place. So, if one goes to glory, he will be fitted for glory and prepared for glory because he went through that prepared place Jesus fixed for us. Folk, again, I say the religious climate we live in is all but destroyed anything and everything that has to do with practical experiential Christianity you can't find folk out there won't talk to you about the Lord I want to hear you talk about the Lord Most churches have accommodated folks with their programs. And people there would be just as well off attending a play or a concert. They'd probably get more out of a play, good play, than a concert. With the drums banging and the cymbals and... and The guitars whining. They'd be more. They'd be more worked up, and that's what passes as worship today. But now, where's this language? I know that my redeemer liveth. I'm not talking about some thought on your head that you know Christ lives up there because He arose from the dead. No. Where in your heart is such language that you can honestly say, I know my Redeemer lives. But when I go to pray, I'm not talking to a dead God. 
I know He lives. I know He has the power to communicate. Does your heart know you've got a living Redeemer? Or as Elijah, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, I know He's alive. I stand in His presence. Our language, my soul thirst for the living God. You don't hear that today. I believe even the very people of God are so, their diet is so filled with everything that they don't have a thirst or a hunger for God. Let me quickly close. I didn't get didn't get anywhere. Maybe it's made sense to you. Jeremiah two thirteen. Jeremiah two thirteen. My people have committed two evils. Number one, they've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. That's the only place they can get living waters. Dear woman, if you had asked of me, I would have given you water, living water. There'd be in you a fountain springing up. My people have forsaken me. Now when it says my people, it's not talking about the born again children of God. It's not. It's talking about the people in the the elect nation of Israel. They've forsaken me. And they hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. How much of what you do leaves you empty after you're through with it? How much of what you seek to bring a little happiness and joy leaves you empty after it's over? Take away a man's God, he'll revolt. But if you if you begin to bring God down unnoticeably, he'll swallow it. Hook line sinker. And the first step for for total destruction, be it a nation or an individual, is just lower God one degree, because I know what's going to happen next, 
He's going he's to be Lord more. Read Romans 1 if you don't believe that. They made the uncorruptible God in the image made like the corruptible man. But they weren't satisfied with a God that high. And they continued to bring him down to the creeping things of the earth. Just lower God one degree in your thinking. And to get away with so much of what goes on out there that at one time would have been ungodliness to the church. We've just brought God down. Whirled a little off one of his attributes and then another. And then get him down to like a man. Just a sentimental old grandfather. Now you've set the tone for destruction and the tone for the destruction of worship. America didn't take God off the throne immediately. We didn't we didn't take away prayer immediately from the public places. And all this has come about from relationships, the same sex. It all began a long time ago. Just one little degree, God was whittled down. Until you get a God up there that's tolerating to any and everything. And you can't worship a God like that. I'll give you, well, I'll turn back. Isaiah 44, and I'll, I'll close here. I don't know if I'll come back to this anytime soon, but I'll at least leave it with you to think about it. What would it be like to be among a people? whose heart's cry was, Be thou exalted, O Lord. You want better preaching? Get along with God and get your heart fixed more. And then when your heart's fixed more, pray that the Lord will fix the preacher's heart better and greater and come in with a hungry heart and God will take an old earthen vessel and get him beyond his own ability of thinking and use of the language and God will talk to your heart but if you're satisfied with the way things are 
is the way it's going to remain. That's where you're going to be. Let us get to this. Be thou exalted, O Lord. In my heart and in my mind above the heavens, let thy glory be above all the earth. Well, Isaiah 44, and I'll close here. Just, just reading this. Verse 13, The carpenter stretcheth out his rule. He marketh it out with a line. He fitteth it with planes. This is him making his God. Took that plane, that sandpaper, smoothed off all the rough edges. He marketh it out with a compass. Oh, he's got it fixed just right. And he maketh it after the figure of a man. See, that's as high as his thinking can get. Outside Christ, outside a new man. That's what your God looks like. According to the beauty, the figure of a man, according to the beauty of a man, that it may remain in the high. He heweth him down cedars, and taketh the cypress and the oak, which he strengtheneth for himself among the trees of the forest. He planteth an ash, and the rain doth nourish it. God's going to help him along in his delusion. I water you trees, you planted. Then shall it be for a man to burn, for he will, he will take thereof and warm himself. He kindleth it, and he maketh bread. And how under heaven could this statement be of a natural thinking man? That he can take a tree, and he can build a fire and warm himself, and he can split it up and put it in a put it in a oven, wood burning oven, and bake bread, and out of the same tree he maketh a god and worshipeth it. You think mankind can't go down, 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 down? You think we are as low in this country as we can get? No. Uh -uh. He maketh a God worship, he maketh a graven image, and he falleth down thereto. He burneth part thereof in the fire, with a part thereof he eateth flesh. He roasteth roasts, and is satisfied, and he warms himself, and saith, Aha. I am worn, I have seen the fire, and the residue thereof he maketh a God. And I remember all the extra effort he put into making this God just right. The residue thereof he maketh a God, even his graven image. He falleth down unto it, worshipeth it, prayeth unto it, and saith, Deliver me, for thou art my God. Verse 20. He feedeth on ashes. Welcome to religion in America. Oh, we've, we've flavored it up. We've added a little coloring to it so, it so it wouldn't be so drab. 
and we flavored it so it would have a little taste to it. But it's just ashes. And guess how long that'll hold you up? Guess how long that'll last? Well, you didn't get anything from eating it. So the body can't benefit. Hasn't got much to break down. If it could break break it down, there's nothing in it that the body could use. Rise up, O men of God, to have done with lesser things. And pursue a God that is greater than your mind can imagine. He's higher, larger, greater than the mind can get to. Labor for a heart close akin to the man after God's own heart. Be thou exalted, O Lord.